Okay, a couple of you are excited about that. This is like an exciting time of the year. Um, and we are going to talk about Jesus' triumphal entry this morning. Can we do that? Amen. Amen. But before we do that, let's open with a word of prayer. Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity to get into your word this morning and to know who you are by your word. And so, Father, we pray, God, that you would open our ears to hear and our hearts to feel the message this morning. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would do something that's beyond my capability. Father, we ask, God, that your word would lay heavy upon our hearts and we would leave um, knowing more about Jesus, looking more like Jesus this morning. We pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Someone say amen like you mean it. Amen. Come on. Well, you can turn to Luke chapter 19. I don't know how much we're going to get in or how much we're going to read, but we are definitely going to use Luke's um, record of the triumphal entry. Um, I want to title this message, I think appropriately, this. Uh, We wanted a militant Messiah, but got a weeping prophet. Let me say that again just in case you didn't hear We wanted a militant Messiah, but instead got a weeping prophet. Now, that might seem just a bit unfair, putting us into the storyline, but I think if we go through this story this morning, we will find ourselves in this particular chapter, and somehow, or sometimes how, excuse me, we can misunderstand Jesus if we're not careful. You know, uh, let, me, let, me, let me kind of pose this question right off. Have you ever been let down? <laughs> I mean, if you're a human, if you bleed this morning, if you breathe, if you have any connection to your emotions and feelings, you have been let down. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Have you ever had your or high expectations in someone or something that they just failed or that someone or that something just failed to meet those expectations? Are you... In this room today, raise your hand. I probably had about three of them this morning. I know, I'm like... We had, uh, uh, last year, gone on a trip as a family to Disneyland. Um, and I never went to Disneyland. I mean, I was, you know, we were poor. I was a poor... Yeah, I won't, I won't say the end of that. But I was poor. My family was poor. We could not afford to leave. I think I, like the first 18 years of my life, I just stayed at Kingston, New Hampshire. Uh, 132 Main Street. And I went nowhere, really, outside of that location. And we had a chance uh, last year to take Abram and, and we went with some of Bethany's family members to Disneyland for like I think 10 days. Don't quote me on the time. It was somewhere around there. And we were going to hit up like four or five of those days in Disneyland. Well, we ended up getting sick. I think I spent like three or four days on that vacation in bed trying to shake a cold. I was let down terribly. And my son and my wife like muscled through it though. It's like a hundred degrees out and they're going to Disneyland. There's like the sun is just blazing on them. They're just like, we're okay. We're okay. We're going to get the most we can out of this experience. I'm like, you guys are crazy. You know, humans display some pretty interesting behavior, right? We do. We do. We, it, we display some pretty interesting behavior when our expectations aren't being met, right? Am I, am I the only one in the room that feels that way, that can resonate with that? I mean, I kind of throw out my Christian card when uh, my, my, one of my expectations aren't being met. I mean, I've got to really be careful because I kind of start acting like an unsaved man. <laughs> You're like, oh my God, pray for the pastor. <laughs> you know, if I could summarize... The triumphal story in a sentence, it would be this. The triumphal entry is a story of people's high, misguided expectations of Christ that when weren't 
that when were unmet led them to their displeasure of Jesus. Let me say that again. The triumphal entry is a story of people's high, misguided expectations of Christ that went unmet, leading them to their displeasure of Christ or in Christ. You know, we, I often have, have, have uh, believed that the reason that Christ was crucified was because his claims of divinity, and that is true, but mostly, mainly Christ was crucified because he was not the Messiah Jerusalem wanted. And I think this is somewhat applicable for us this morning. Because I think sometimes in our work, walk, in our faith journey, Jesus sometimes does not meet our expectations. Now, our reaction is a little bit different, a little bit more polished. You know, we're not out in the streets one minute crying, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, next couple of days saying, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. And we've got a cleaner, more refined way of doing it. But I think the emotions and the feelings are similar and that's what I would like to look at here this morning. Luke chapter 19, Jesus is going into Jerusalem, right? You can look at your Bible as we just kind of summarize it quickly. He's going into Jerusalem. He stops about two miles out of Jerusalem at a little town called Bethany. There he sends two of his disciples to go fetch for him a donkey. What's up with donkeys and sheep? You know what? Why couldn't, we be like, why couldn't Jesus relate us to like something like a lion? I mean, why is Jesus on the back of a donkey? Why couldn't it be like a horse or something? I mean, come on. This is the Son of God. Am I the only one in this room that just do not like these references? Just a couple of you laugh. It's good to laugh in church. Joy is medicine, the Bible says. It's good for our hearts. It's good for our souls to smile. So Jesus sends two of his disciples into a village nearby Bethany, to fetch for him a colt. And um, he's about ready to get on that colt, ride himself into Jerusalem where a multitude of people await him and are wanting to celebrate Jesus as their long-awaited Messiah. Not, this seems nothing wrong with that, right? I mean, that's, that's, it's, 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 it, first glance, wow, that's, that's good, that's good. But their um, perception of Christ's intent was misguided if I could say that. You know what was interesting in studying uh, Luke chapter 19 is the, the donkey often in Eastern tradition uh, symbolized or, or was regarded as an animal of peace. A king would ride into a city on a donkey if his heart was bent or he meant for peace with that people. But a king would mount a horse if that king was ready to take up arms and go to war. And so this very well was Jesus' interest as the Prince of Peace, right? I mean, that doesn't steer that far or swerve that far away from Scripture. He is the Prince of Peace. And you would think because of this tradition that the light bulb would have went off in the spectator's head. It would have been like, oh, he's on a donkey. But their feeling or kind of perception of Jesus is that he was coming to reckon with Rome. Because at this time, Rome is occupying Jerusalem. And the feeling or the desire that Jerusalem has was, this Messiah is going to rid us of our Roman problems. And the problem was, is this Messiah had no intention of doing that. You, you understand that this Messiah preached 
to rend unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Just some of you, that went right over your head. And that's okay, but do you understand if you're, if you're a Jew in Jerusalem at that time being occupied, you desire your sovereignty back? And you hear this guy who's out in the streets who is healing the sick, raising, I mean, raising the dead, curing all types of diseases, preach a message like, give to Caesar, what is Caesar's? That strike the chord of offense. And so... At one moment, the same crowd that hailed Jesus, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, now is saying, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. They wanted a militant Jesus, but got a weeping, peaceful Jesus. And so there is a great insight here about the triumphal entry. There is a great misunderstanding also The great insight is that Jesus is really the king who comes in the name of the Lord. This is their proclamation of Christ. Luke 19.38, right? He was the Messiah, the son of David, the long-awaited ruler of Israel. The fulfillment of all God's promise. Jesus riding on a donkey right there before their eyes. It's funny that Jesus, in instructing his disciples to go get a donkey, said, if anybody questions you, just tell them that the Lord has need of the donkey, that is a definite proclamation of his divinity. You know, I kind of, I've kind of sympathized with the outcome or the uh, perspective that maybe most had of Christ, that he would come and rid Jerusalem of their Roman problems. I kind of sympathize. I mean, this, this same Jesus, like I said earlier, who is riding on this donkey right now. They witnessed, this multitude of people witnessed him healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons. Surely, surely he's got the power within him to rid them of their problems. I mean, I, and that's why I throw us into the, the, the title of the message. Because I believe in 2018, we still very much get it wrong sometimes about Jesus. And we have such high expectations in our life about Jesus, what he should do, how he should meet our expectations. And nowhere in Scripture do we see that that is Jesus' job. And, And yes, 2018, our kind of rebellion is more polished and more refined. I love Jesus. I just hate his people, you know. I love Jesus. I just don't like the church. One example. You get what I'm saying. We just have a cleaner way, a more polished way of going about it. But still, it's the same heart. It's the same behavior. Jesus wasn't going to rid Rome, I mean rid Jerusalem of their problems. He, he knew full well that this road he was on would ultimately lead him to his death. <laughs> How about that for a king? Is, he, he would voluntary, voluntarily uh, sign up to suffer and to die and to be resurrected. It's funny that you can read both Matthew's and Luke's account and feel as though the triumphal entry happened right on the heels of Jesus walking into the temple and cleansing it, right? Oh, there's something. <laughs> we got something. Jesus, walked in. Jesus did not walk into the temple. 
and turn over tables after the triumphal entry. If you read Mark 11, 11, it says that Jesus went into the temple, looked around, saw that it was late, took his homies back to Bethlehem. Talk about anticlimactic. I mean, talk about a Debbie Downer. He doesn't doesn't lead in a revolt. You know, he he doesn't even give a stirring speech. Give us something, Jesus. He comes in kind of silent, just the praise of a bunch of people, walks into the temple, that's ah, too late for this, and goes back to Bethany. I imagine people who are hailing Jesus as king, Hosanna, Hosanna, their jaws. What? This is all we get? Can we relate? Can we relate? You know, any Jesus that is, not, that is not understood and learned and hear the Bible, not my iPad, but the Bible, that's just where my Bible is, is not Jesus at all. And we have to be very careful. Your perspective, your theology of Christ means everything. It means everything. So as was said, by Friday, Good Friday, of which we're going to celebrate in a couple days here at two other churches at 56 Magazine Street, Pentecostal Tabernacle with Aletheia. We're going to, we're going to kind of recall and remember what Christ did for us and the breaking of his body. So come out for that. It's going to be great. But it's funny that by Friday the multitude were sufficiently disenchanted with Jesus. That's, fair, that's fairly quick turnover, isn't it? By all means, Jesus would probably be regarded as a failure. The priesthood could engineer a, 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 a place of where they, Jesus would be arrested and delivered over to the Romans. Uh, The priests would turn the crowd against Jesus. And now those who were crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, are now, now, chanting Good Friday, crucify him. Wow. It's interesting when our expectations aren't being met, how quickly our perspective of Jesus can change if we're not careful. And that's why it's so important that we regard or uh, hold a theology of Jesus as very special, very important, and that needs to come from the Word of God. Listen, in closing, Jesus does not always meet our expectations. You probably know that by now. And that's not even my main point. My main point is how are you reacting today when Jesus doesn't meet your expectations? Jesus is radically different than our expectations. The kingdom of God which Jesus preached was not an earthly political kingdom, but it was the rule of God in the hearts of people. And that is still his seated at the right hand of God resurrected you know, job and occupation. It's for the rule of God to take sway and preeminence in our lives and in our hearts. Yeah. 
Hilltop, let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for this word. We thank you for the greatest week, God, that we're about to embark on. Lord, for the celebration over at uh, Pentecostal Tabernacles uh, with uh, three other churches, God. A good Friday to Resurrection Sunday. God, these are some of the most precious moments in the church where we will all globally be talking about the same stories, preaching the same gospel. Father, help us to glorify Jesus this upcoming week and let the hearts of people be touched. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.